listening to the sermons of the late Pastor Frank Hampton Jr., who pastored the Church of God in Jackson, Michigan from 1963 to 2018. If you would like to learn more about Pastor Hampton or the Church of God, please visit our website at www.churchofgodjackson.com. Again, that's www.churchofgodjackson.com. We hope you enjoy the message. God bless. Begin reading at the first verse. I trust that you have your Bibles. If you don't have one and desire one, see the ushers and perhaps they have an extra. In fact, we have somebody's Bible right here. Now shall we carefully observe. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And he said unto them, Which of you? shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine is in his journey, is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from shall answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is a friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that seeketh, asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth. <clears throat> and to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or uh, if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If he, ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? 
How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? The necessity of the Holy Ghost. Now, in his instructions to those who were in need of this experience, let us notice what prompted him to give this discourse. Now, you notice at the outset there was a request on the part of the disciples that Jesus would teach them to pray. And I want you to notice the manner in which he taught them. And the aftermath of this prayer. <laughs> now, you notice the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. He never prayed that prayer himself. He didn't have to. But there was a reason why the prayer should proceed in this fashion. He said, now when you pray, and there's one phase in particular we want to touch on before we go further. Say, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread and hear. And forgive us our sins. Now, you notice, and there's no need to stumble over that, the predicament of those who requested a pattern prayer when they ask for this. Now, those who ask Jesus to teach them how to pray did not have the Holy Ghost when they made that request. And Jesus is saying that if you don't have the Holy Ghost, even though you claim to be a Christian, you are going to sin. We were talking about that last night. He said you're going to sin. You might keep getting up and trying to brush yourself off, but if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you're going to sin. But I want you to notice they never used this prayer after they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Why? It wasn't necessary. Why? Because you can't live holy without the Holy Ghost. And everybody that has him lives holy. You hear what I'm saying? Nobody can live holy without the Holy Ghost, and you must live holy to get to heaven. If you don't have the Holy Ghost every night or several times through the day, you will have to say, forgive me for my sins. But when you have the Holy Ghost and following the Spirit of God, you don't have to include that in your prayer. Why? Because the Holy Ghost is all that the name implies. He's holy. And he causes those who possess him to live holy. That's why he's called the Holy Ghost, because he is holy. That's why he come to dwell within us, because he come to make us holy. And it's a farce today. Most people who are claiming the Holy Ghost and going through all kinds of contortions by their own admission are sinning more or less every day. 
Why did he ask them? There was a reason why he suggested that they should pray, forgive us for our sin. Why? Because they were sinning. How? They weren't drinking. They weren't committing adultery. They weren't smoking cigarettes. They weren't going to discos. But they had spiritual sin. They were committing sin that most people don't acknowledge today. What were they doing? You know, they still had strife among themselves. They still were envious one of the other. Come on. And when you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you submit yourself to God and you don't have to strive and argue for your right. Come on. They were reasoning among themselves who would be the greatest among them. The people with the baptism of the Holy Ghost don't go around conniving how they can be the greatest. Huh? Because the word of God, that he that would be greatest among you, let him be servant of all. In the world, when you achieve greatness, you go up, up from the normal worker to the office supervisor to the uh, vice president and on up to the presidency. But in the kingdom of God, you go down, 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 down. And you can tell a person's experience by what they're clamoring for. Come on. When you find a person who's trying to ascend in a showy fashion in the church of God, you know in a moment that he does not have the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost is not a position seeker. You find somebody always want authority, always want position, always be in a conspicuous place. They are, that's carnality. Oh, that's carnality. That is unquestionably carnal. So then, and they were, uh, they had still had a kind of animosity in their hearts. Those who were not in agreement with them, they wanted fire to come down from heaven and consume them. I don't care if a person is false or what they are, you got to have a right attitude toward them. Some people think they, they can justly have a wrong attitude towards people because they're wrong. But that's, that's not so. Or they're not saved anyway. They're battled anyway. I don't care what they are. If you get wrong, you're going to hell too. That's why some people, uh, you know, you don't get and fight nobody about who's right. A false prophet, you don't jump ahead. You don't have no lock horn with him trying to prove who's right. If you're giving the word of God and showing where he's a false prophet and he don't want to accept it, let him go about his business. Don't fight with him. Don't sit up and fuss with him. Don't make your lips tremble. Some of you backslide trying to prove you're right. And everybody in the backsliding condition. Amen. They were still striving. They were still envious one of the other. Saints of God don't strive. The Bible says a servant of God must not strive. Must not strive. Why? You're humble. You prefer your brother. You'd rather suffer wrong than to be wrong. Come on. Come on. You'd rather give up your rights than to fight for it in a carnal fashion. Amen. We're talking about real spirit-filled people. That's why I don't have to worry about spirit-filled people. I don't have to bother myself about you. Why? Because I know you're not going to tear things up. I know that you're not willing to break up the whole ball game because you can't be the picture. Amen. This is a tremendous thing. Jesus said, now since you still have a carnal spirit, amen. And know that maybe Peter might have been home fussing at his wife. I don't know. Probably was. Because when you're carnal, you, if you're in your carnal, you'll do that. 
Everybody. All right? So he said, you pray, say, forgive me for my sins. Come on. You're not doing a lot of base things, but you're still having your little intercircle squabbles. Come on. Your patience is too short. You can't tolerate people who don't agree with you. Come on. You don't have that much tolerance when a person will come against you. Amen. They want, that's why we need to keep this gospel right where it is. See, let me show you something. See, that one thing a person with a false spirit can't stand. They can't stand the truth. They can rejoice with you, shout with you, speak in tongues, do everything else, but they can't stand the truth. No, they can't. No, they can't. If a person got a calm spirit, they can't go so far. That's why Jesus was so austere with his gospel. That's why Jesus preached the hard gospel. Why? Because he did not want a hypocritical flock behind him. And he knew if he preached it just like it was, pretty soon they'd thin out if they weren't real. They'd thin out if they weren't real. Come on, come on. See, they want people speaking in tongues and fussing and fighting and squabbling and show off and having fashion programs. Now, you know, isn't that pitiful? Having fashion shows and style shows, wig shows, and I don't know what all they're talking about, the Holy Ghost. Amen. Don't even know what it's all about. Preach them all right down to the earth gospel sermon and none of them couldn't take it. How do you know? Because I preached there and they could told me afterward. See, I thought to come down at that choir and get on the altar. Letting you know they're going forth in every respect and supposedly manifesting gifts, but they cannot take the gospel. This is what the world does not want. So Jesus told them just like it was. Say, you're still striving, you're still envious one to the other. You don't want to see anybody supersede you. You're always seeking the best for yourself. Lord, help us, Holy Ghost. Then when you got people just like that, I don't care what it is, you, they'll dig through and get the best for themselves. And, and all of the best. You notice, a person who is born of the Holy Ghost is a selfish individual. They'll clamor, they want to be the first one there and get the best for themselves and leave the rest for you. What did they say? Peter, James, and John said, look, Lord, let us build some tabernacles up here. There's been three of them. Huh? You know, you know who they included too, don't you? <laughs> they didn't care about the rest of the disciples or nobody else. They, want, they built it for us and let them, they can live in a grass hut, but let's build us some tabernacles to live in. Selfish. Selfish. Charity seeketh not her own. The word of God says, charity seeketh not her own, but the wealth of another. They want I thank God so much for the light of the gospel. See, the gospel, the truth will tie up a carnal person. A carnal person will be glued down. He can't move. Why? The truth will keep him so aware of his carnality that he just can't go over it. And that's the way it ought to be in Mount Zion. Even if a person is carnal, the truth of God's word will make them so aware that you are carnal, will so constantly remind you of your predicament that you, it would be blasphemous to try to go over it. Amen. Amen. Thank God, and you're going to have to do that to make Mount Zion, Mount Zion. All right, then. We're saying then, dear ones, that unless, unless a person has the Holy Ghost living in them, and I'm not talking about no foolishness. I'm talking about the real living Bible Holy Ghost. You cannot live holy. You cannot live a life that is acceptable in the sight of God. You can't do it to save your life. 
And you know what's going to happen? Now, I keep telling you this, and you just watch it. You watch it. Now, you listen. This gospel will wear you out if you don't have the Holy Ghost. Yes, it will too. It will wear, it will grind you to powder. Now, you watch it. Then when you just watch people who won't go on to get sanctified, and they'll stay long as they can. They'll hold on long as they can. But that's why you see their hands slipping. Why? They don't want to go and pay the price and let God just sanctify them holy. But they want to hang around for the fishes and loathe, want to be a part of it without paying the price. You follow me? But after a while, the gospel will just wear them away. Just wear them away. And pretty soon, they're just going back to their own company. I'm telling you this morning. I'm telling you this morning, they want those of you who are not sanctified, won't get sanctified, and just because you prayed two or three times and couldn't make it, it's only a matter of time for you. I'm, I'm making an, an, an announcement this morning. It's only a matter of time. You watch. You'll, you'll ease on out and get on in the background, and pretty soon you'll be out altogether. Why? Because unholy people cannot fit in a holy company. Can't do it. They cannot do it to save their lives. It's too rugged. You follow me? It's too strenuous. Come on. Many people hold on as long as they can and try to make impression, but you can tell they, well, they're, not, they, they, they're not getting anywhere. It's too much for them. They, they try to uh, surface here and there, but it's too much. So there's only one reasonable thing to do. Go on, sell out, and get Bible, Holy Ghost, so you can be a part of this operation. Otherwise, they want your exit is imminent, near, close. All right, then, I said that without the Holy Ghost, you can't live holy. You're going to be constantly repenting. Well, you might ask this. Brother Hampton, why is it then that there are so many people who hangs around so long without it? Well, what they're doing, they're constantly repenting, if they're doing anything at all. Over in uh, Hebrews chapter 6. Verse 1, now you study with me, study with me. All right, Hebrews 6, 1, read it for me. All right, therefore leaving, listen now, therefore leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on, he's talking to all of the saints, let us go on unto perfection yes. go on to it not in that direction as most people say but go on to perfection not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works he said if you don't go on you're going to be repenting as long as you live unless you just decide I won't do anything at all if you don't go on and get your whole body and soul fully sanctified, you're going to be saying, God, forgive me every night, and you'll likely get caught on the outside when Jesus comes. You're going to be repenting for fussing. You're going to be repenting for striving. You're going to be repenting for being proud, if indeed you acknowledge it, because it's going to be happening. Do unto me, it's a farce to hang around the church and want to be saved and want to be a part of it and just won't go on and give you all and get in it. It's a joke. I mean, it's grievous that God would bring you all the way to the river of Jordan and you just stand on the banks and look across over into Canaan. Bring you this far by a miraculous hand and you just stand there with wistful eyes. 
when indeed you could be enjoying the fruits of the land. Now we, have, we didn't fool you into it. We told you at the outset to get anything, you've got to give everything. We let you know that at the outset. So you didn't come into this thing blinded. You didn't come into this thing uh, uh, deluded. You knew at the outset what would be expected of you from God. All right. Jesus told them what their predicaments would be, what their plight would be. Say, so you're going to be saying, God, forgive me every night, every day, or whenever you pray. And if you go around to most false churches today, when they start praying, Lord, forgive us for our many sin, the thing you told us to do we didn't do, and the thing you told us not to do, that's what we did. And that's all John Dillinger did. Remember him, pretty boy Floyd? Amen. That's all any sinner can do. And that's what false prophets are praying. That's the prayer they're praying. Why? Because they know nothing about the Holy Ghost. Right. Amen. And that's what everybody going to pray who don't know him because something's going to happen to you in the course of a day that you can't stand. Right. Come on. You won't have any perfect days. All right. Shall we go further? I'm trying to teach you something here. He's saying here you're going to be repeatedly laying found unless you go on to perfection. Many heads in that direction. But their course is altered somewhere along the way. All right. Lord, teach us to pray. They had to be asked, uh, ask the Lord to teach them to pray. Why? Because they did not have the teacher inside them. Now, I'm going to show you something. When you get the baptism of the Holy Ghost, there's something you know naturally. And one, just like a child, you don't have to teach a child how to nourish a bottle of his mother's breast. You know, I don't care if he's uh, three hours old. You don't have to, we go, we, what is this? this is a room here where we instruct little children how to nourish. They come here grabbing and popping their lips and whatnot. Huh? Well, the same thing about a saint of God. There are some things that you automatically know. That is an automatic yearning in every born-again individual to communicate with God. Just like a baby, that's why they call you babes in Christ. That is an automatic yearning. If you don't have that yearning, if you didn't have it at the outset or if you don't have it now, it's because that natural element is not in you. There has not been a baby born, unless he was a stillborn, that they're born hungry. That they're born uh, experienced nurses. <laughs> amen, amen. Well, by the same token, they want, when a person gets saved, he wants to pray. He wants to communicate with God. Why? Because that's how he found God. He found God through prayer, and he does not want that relationship to be broken. That's why they want it bothers me now that so many people find it so difficult to pray. When there is nothing on, there is no experience on earth that equals a real communication with God, how it is that so many saints of God find it such a problem to pray? Isn't that something? Lord, help us out here, please. All right, then I said, there are some things that you know automatically that comes with salvation. There are some things when a person gets the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it's a part of it. 
And that one thing is that he does teach you. He teaches all of us. Now we know we have pastors and teachers and preachers, but the Holy Ghost also, he, does, he teaches us something before the preacher gets to you. And that one thing is to pray. You might not know how to arrange your words like some of the more experienced saints. You might not be able to elevate your voice and drop it at certain pitches like others, but you know how to pray. You might be clumsy and you might uh, not know how to apply spiritual terms. That's all the that psalm knows how to do. But I tell you what, though, you know how to get over to God. You know how to get it over to him what you want to say. Amen. Why? Romans 8, 26 tells you why. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Praise our God. I said the Holy Ghost is a teacher. Glory to God forevermore. I've seen people, dear one, who don't know, who not talkative at all. Thank God I'm right in this congregation. I've hung with them all night long almost in prayer. I mean, just hang with God continuously. I mean, wee hours of the morning, hung with him in prayer. I mean, they weren't just saying words. I mean, going before God in earnest, agonizing prayer. And maybe they couldn't talk a minute or two normally. Why? The Holy Ghost helping their weakness. The Holy Ghost uh, bridging the gap. The Holy Ghost helping their infirmities. Thank God they didn't know what to do at the altar. But I tell you what, when the Holy Ghost takes over, it makes a difference. The Spirit helpeth our infirmities. For we know not, though it's a God, what we should pray for as we ought. Thank God most of us, all of us, are in the same predicament as the disciples were, void of the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost, he helped our infirmity. We don't know what to pray for as we ought. Many of us would be praying contrary to the will of God, and many of you do. That's why you don't get nothing. Or when you get it, you pray that with God, you're not pleased with it, you didn't pray right. Amen, you should have prayed this prayer. Some people pray in earnest now, but they should have prayed a long time ago. And the Holy Ghost would have prayed for you according to the will of God. Come on. Are you with me? For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. And I guess you'll agree with that now. But the Spirit itself, glory to God, make it intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Glory to God forever. Lord, teach us to pray. Thank God they didn't have to ask God to teach us to pray when the Holy Ghost came. Why? Because the Holy Ghost knew what to pray for. He knew, not, he knew what not to pray for. He didn't just wear people out with a lot of jargon, alone, talking about nothing. He prayed, he knew what to pray for. Thank God he knew when to start, he knew when to stop. Amen, he knew what to say, he knew what not to say. Amen! He wasn't just trying to fill space, praise our God. But the Spirit of God teaches us how to pray, what to pray for. And he intercedes according to the will of God. That's why you give results. Amen! Teach us to pray. Praise the living God. In St. John chapter 14, verse 26, corroborates that. Amen. How does it read? But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. Ah, the comforter, glory to God. The comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. Whom the Father will send in my name. You see, dear one, let me show you something. It grieves my heart that people can sit right around the gospel and let the devil sweep them away when the truth is going forth. Now, I don't know anything that we emphasize this more around here than the necessity of the Holy Ghost. You can't pray right without him. Let me show you something. Even those things that you need, you won't even think to ask for them. You won't even know how to convey it to God. You just dry up and just keep on drying up because you don't know how to convey it to God. But the Holy Ghost does. Those things that are necessary for your spiritual sustenance, to sustain you spiritually. 
You don't even know how to ask for it without the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is not something we just talk about a church doctrine. It's an absolute necessity. Praise God. Amen. Otherwise, you just find yourself praying vain, empty prayers without him. Amen. But thank God he's a teacher. He's an instructor. Amen. He knows the mind of God. He knows the will of God. That's why I tell you, dear one, we ought to pray in the spirit. Whether it be long or short, you ought to pray in the spirit. You've not really prayed until you do. Come on. That's why our prayers in many instances are so unfruitful. Why? Just saying words, just a cliche. All right, read. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. The Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. Whom the Father will send in my name. All right. He shall teach you all things and all right. bring all things Listen, to remember. Listen, Lord, teach us to pray, but the Holy Ghost will teach you. The Holy Ghost will teach you. He'll teach you those things that human instructors will forget. See, we'll teach you what we know. We'll teach you what maybe sounds good, but the Holy Ghost will teach you that which is necessary. He'll teach you that which God accepts. He'll teach you that which brings results. All right, what do you say? He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you, peace I leave with you. All right, that's good enough. Now, back to our text. Now, you, if you can, stay awake and pray with us because this is very, very important. Uh, dear one, there's no need of trying to make yourself or any of us believe that the Holy Ghost is unattainable. That you just, he, I, you tried and I prayed and I just did all that I knew to do and all that I did I came up short of him. Well, that might be the case, dear one, but I know that should not be the case. Now, let us notice God's attitude toward it. Now, in the 11th chapter, where our text is found, verse 5, listen to what it says. Which of you shall have a friend? And shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves. And he goes on to say that if you are insistent enough, that friend will yield to you if you just insist that I got to have it. I need it. I want it more than anything. Even though he might not rise just because you are his friend, but because you are so persistent in your quest he'll rise and give you as many as you want and he's actually more willing to give it to you than you are even to receive it now this is what bothers me dear one how that we are going to psych ourselves and deceive ourselves into believing that he's almost impossible that's not so don't you know dear one since it's god's will for all of us to make heaven and he knows that we cannot make heaven without the holy ghost don't you know he wants to do nothing more than give us the Holy Ghost? But many of us know we can't do what we want to do. We got to give up some things. We got to quit some things. We got to live God's way. 
So we just go on and try to make heaven the best way we can. Well, you won't make it at all. All right, then. Listen to what he said now. If you have a son, he said, I'm going to show you how ridiculous it is to even assume that God is trying to make it difficult for you to get the Holy Ghost. He said, if you have a son, any of you, have a little child, and he asks you for uh, an egg, you wouldn't give him a scorpion which is going to sting him to death with you. Uh, if he asked for bread, you wouldn't give him a rock and have him break, to break all his teeth out. Come on. He said, your human compassion would forbid such action. And he goes on to say that uh, 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 if you being evil or being human and you have such compassion and you are that concerned about the well-being of your children, how much more an infinite loving God, how much more will he give the Holy Ghost to those who ask him? But because we preach it pretty tight, the devil will make you feel that, well, you just can't get it. Don't you know that's ridiculous to even assume? Something to make you live holy and give you victory in your life, and God just going to see how difficult he can make it for you. Don't you? Isn't that ridiculous? Well, brother, why is it that more people don't have him? For the very reason you observe. People still want to live worldly and everything else and be a servant of God. Well, you just can't do that. You want to dress the way you want to dress and court and do all you want to do and do things that's contrary to the word of God. You just can't do it. Now, if you're not willing to give up, you can forget it. God is willing, but if you're not willing to pay a price, you can forget it. Now, I'm going to show you something this morning. I'll tell you something. And you listen to this. There is no need for some of you to feel you're going to get it any cheaper than the rest of us did. We have precious souls here that suffered everything imaginable. To have the fullness of God's spirit. They gave up things that were near and dear to their hearts. They had their hard ties severed. They gave up position in life and everything else. To have the fullness of God. They submitted themselves to whatever God sent their way. Now you think you're just going to sit back in the corner. He's going to drop it on you and you're going to live happily ever after. That's why they want I am becoming less sympathetic toward those who just go on out and cash in. Why? Because they just hung around and they wanted to try to get, go to the bargain counter when the saints of God were paying the full price and they ended up on the outside. And that's what all, everybody going to do who tries it that way. Now I know the Holy Ghost is available. I know God got a grace that will give you victory over everything that you might face. I know that. You can have sweeping victory and you can mean something to God. I know that. Now I don't care about your persecutor, about your oppressor, about your predicament, that don't make no difference whatsoever. Because there have been those who have gone through everything that you can imagine. Mm -hmm. Not only in Bible time, but in our times. Right. We've had those who have had their homes confiscated, all of their goods taken away, husband and wife walk off and leave them, children turn their back on them and put the police on them and everything else, and they stood true to God. Right. And that same Holy Ghost can enable you to do the same thing if you're willing to submit to him. And I know he can. Thank God we've had children to be saved all through their school years and everything else. Go through being persecuted in school. People talking about them and doing everything else. They stay saved. 
If one can do it, everybody got to do it. And you can do it. So if you're unwilling to do it, hell will be your portion. That's all there is to that. If you don't want to go through nothing for God, then you're making your choice. All right, then. So don't try to make it seem impossible. Now, you wouldn't do your little child like that. You wouldn't deprive your child of something that was necessary for him to survive, would you? No, you wouldn't do it. Well, then God will not deprive you of the Holy Ghost. If you're willing to give him of yourself. You don't make no proposition with you because you're you. All right. Now, it is God's intention that you have him. And not for no select group, as some might have you think. Over in Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 38. Shall we read that quickly? All right, how does it read? Then Peter said unto them, Then Peter said unto them, Repent. All right. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. All right. For the remission of sin. Come on. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Well, many people are not going to receive because they haven't repented yet. See, repenting is more than getting down on your knees and saying some choice words. Repenting means I am turning away from everlasting. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying now? Repent means I am turning everlastingly away from everything that I know is an offense to God. Many people have not done that. Many people might get the weight off of momentarily or try to make some little turn over a new leaf. But real, genuine repentance. The Bible says if you repent like you ought to, you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's an automatic uh, it, uh, uh, sequence. Bible repentance and the gift of the Holy Ghost. All right, read. Father promises unto you. Listen. And to Wait just children. a moment, just a moment. You can have him. The why? Because the promise is unto you, those of you who are present right now in A.D. 33. Come on. For the promise is unto you. Come on. And to your children. Unto your children, the next generation following. And to all that are afar off. And those that are far off. That's us. Oh, it's God's intention that you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You can't make it without it. Thank God. It's in God's plan. You can have him. And you must have him to get to heaven. Amen. And I thank God for him because he's still a working Holy Ghost. He still gives you that power to go forth, conquer and to conquer. Praise the living God. He still stimulates your faith. He still can call you to love not your lives unto the death. Amen. The promise is unto who, son? Father, promise is unto you. All right. And to your children. Uh huh. And to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall Everybody call. Everybody that God has called is a candidate to the Holy Ghost. Every last, and the last individual that God called before Christ split the cloud coming back for judgment will be a candidate for the Holy Ghost. Why is it so necessary? Because that's the only power that will enable you to stand whatever life may bring. And dear one, let me tell you this. You don't know what you're coming to before you die. And dear one, when the devil tricks you and you give out on God, don't cry circumstances to me. Don't cry circumstances. Because I know there is no circumstance that can overwhelm a person with the Holy Ghost. Why? Because we have people here right now who represent all kinds of circumstances. We have people, just because they got saved, we have had the husband and wife walk off and take everything they had. For no reason other than the fact that God saved you. And they've and they're stood the test. That's right. And live clean, live upright since that day. That's Don't tell me nothing about that. 
We've had people pray that God who've been physically assaulted. Hit over the head with pistols and everything else. That's right. You can think about it. We've had that happen. We've had people who've been persecuted in every way that the law would allow. And they stood firm with and they stood firm and they're standing tall today in the spirit of God. And don't tell me you can't do it. Now, if you nestle down because of a little pressure or because somebody say, well, you won't be mine no more. I walk off and leave you. Well, then that's up to you. Because I know you don't have to do it. I know God got a power. God got a grace that will call you to stand your ground and every foot of the ground you tread on, God will give it to you. Amen. I know that. Praise the living God. But it must be your will. Now, you get this. This is the key. Before we close. It's going to have to be your will. Now you get this. I don't mean just a passing influence. You see, many times when people have had a pretty rough time and they see the devil about to drag them out by the feet, they come, I want to be sanctified. Well, see, it's got to be your will, not just a passing influence, not just something to get you out of a difficult spiritual situation. You follow me? See, some people come to the altar. See, you don't know, they want why people don't get the experience. People got all kind of motives. Maybe they had a hard time or maybe they... I almost got mad at home and started to get the butcher knife, so I said, I don't want to be like that, so I better go to get, try to get sanctified. You follow me? So they run to the altar call themselves getting sanctified. See, they want, let me show you something. You get this. Now, unless you're willing to make the Holy Ghost a lifelong ruler in your life, I mean, the Lord, as long as I live, you can sit in the driver's seat of my life. Whatever, it might bring me low, it might bring me poverty. It might leave me widowed or anything else. But you can have the driver's seat in my life. I'll never rise up against your voice. I give myself to you unreservedly. I will no more demand my way in this life. You can have me. You can possess me today. Whatever. If you make that kind of submission to God, if you don't walk away with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I'm not standing here. Believe God. What, well, why don't they? They don't do that. As I said, people want to get a provisional Holy Ghost. Wanting for the momentary expedience. You know, wanting to get me out of a jam. Wanting to help me out for now so I can do what I want later. No, you don't. Oh, no, you don't. See, I know what this thing is all about, Dewan. I know why you're going to see so many vacant seats from time and time. People sit around and God brings them to a certain place and they are unwilling to go any further. They don't want to be persecuted any longer. They don't want to, have to give up self. They don't want to uh, uh, suffer the crucifixion of self. And as a result, God leave them as they are to go off into everlasting demise and drive up for eternity. See, people still don't, don't want to affect their social lives and don't want to uh, depart with their personal lives. And amen, want to, want to do little uh, side thing, want to be saved, but still want to be half-worldly. Hold on to their worldly friends and unsaved girlfriends, unsaved boyfriends, and, and be half saved. You can't be like that. You may be, you can't be like that. You may have decided that this morning. God is bringing us to a crisis, and I know that, brother. He's bringing us all to a crisis. And you have to decide what you want. If you want to reserve the right to fuss at home and reserve the right to get people off your back when they go too far and reserve the right to uh, come to church when you want to and reserve the right to live like you want to, reserve the right to try to do this and that to get out of suffering, bypass this test and bypass that and give down here because somebody put a little pressure on you and compromise here because somebody's pushing you. This is a tremendous thing we're dealing with. It must be your will to have it. 
How do you know? Because in our text, he said, everyone that asks can receive it. See, if you ask, if it's your will, if it's your absolute intention, if you want him more than anything else, if you want him at any cost, you can have him. I don't care who you are. I don't care about your situation. I don't believe that an individual present this morning who cannot walk out here this morning with the Holy Ghost in their life. Some of you might take a little while to instruct you, uh, but I tell you what, but if there's a price if you're willing to pay, now you might have made it so expensive you don't, you don't want to go through it, but that's up to you. You, you did that. God didn't do that. God, that's not God making it hard. You did that. You might have involved yourself so or messed yourself up that you don't want to pay the price, but that's not God. That's you. See, you might have just given yourself to, see, like we saw old man about 85 years old, he's just giving himself to foolishness and cursing so almost dead and, I mean, they're riding him down the hall with his foot off and everything else and just cussing people out, using God's name in vain and saying whatever comes to his mind. Talking about knocking people down all at 85 years old. Why he's giving himself to that? He could be saved, yes, but it would take so much now. 85 years he'd done everything he wanted to do. Didn't even try to restrain himself. And to turn now, oh, it'd be something. God got great to forgive him. But the force of those spirits, 85 years of foolishness, You see what I'm talking about? And it's hard enough to get over 15 years of foolishness. Everyone that asketh receive it, he that seeketh find it, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If it's your will to be saved, if it's your will to be sanctified, holy, they want it's yours. As yours as sure as I'm living. It's yours as sure as I'm born. Now, I don't care how many times you played around with it. You might be playing around for the last four or five years. I don't care about that. Get on down to bed with God this morning, and you may well do it. If you try, if you wait until next month, you're going to have to do the same thing. Next year, it's going to be the same thing. Five years from now, it's going to be just as expensive, maybe with a little interest. So you may well decide, I'm going to do it today. It's not going to get any easier. You let the devil say, well, you wait till you get situated. Wait till you get your mind made up and all that kind of foolishness. It's just going to be more and more difficult. It's going to be cheaper today than it'll ever be hereafter. So you may well decide that. So then when you're fighting against yourself if you're talking about waiting until later. Why carelessly wait? Why foolishly wait? Don't misjudge this, dear one. Now, if you need him, while at least you have a mind in that direction, let's go on and do what we have to do this morning and so we can go and enjoy this thing. Otherwise, it's just going to be a load. You're going to be carrying a load around. You can get the Holy Ghost in your life. You can so surrender to God that those things that have been a test to you, you'll laugh at them. Those things that have been pulling you down can be your joy. Can be, Amen. You can kick them around like a football. Yes, you can too. You can leave here like that this morning. So why do otherwise when you don't have to? Shall we stand and sh will you come and let God help you this morning? He wants to help you. He wants to save you. He wants to sanctify you. Will you let him do it? Just go and say, I don't care. I'm going to do, I'm I'm do it right this morning. Praise God. Say, I, I've been messing around with it, but I'm going to do it right this morning. Thank God I'm going to do it like I ought to do it this morning. I, I'm not, I'm not going to play with it this morning. I'm going to give up. I'm going to clean house. Thank God I'm going to clean house this morning. Amen. I'm going to sweep it clean this morning. Thank God I'm not going to play with it. Amen. I'm going to sweep it clean this morning. I'm, I'm not going to hold anything in reservation. Why? Because I know I can't get anything anyway if I reserve anything. So I'm going to make a clean sweep. I'm going to do it like I ought to do it. Because I'm not going to get no results otherwise. Amen. Dear one, you can be saved today. You can be sanctified today. And they want, you know what, let me tell you this too. If people, they want, want to do what they want to do, want to be worldly, there come a time you may well leave them alone. That's right. 
There come a time because why? See, the Lord has shown me some things. See, they want people will do anything that they, that's imaginable to try to make themselves happy in the world, to try to satisfy the flesh. But if it costs them something to satisfy God, they don't want to do it. It's too much. That, that grieves my heart. I mean, as soon as they step outside of grace, they, I tell you what, they'll find a way to satisfy themselves. They'll find some fulfillment to whatever degree. But in Christ, it's too much, it's too hard, it's too many demands. Well, I tell you what, if you don't let the Holy Ghost lead you, the devil's going to drive you. And he's going to drive you right out of this thing, off into eternal damnation. You know, they want I decided, since I'm going to live saved anyway, I may well go on and get a real, have an experience in my soul so I can enjoy it. So I won't want to be struggling all the time and don't know whether I'm going to make it to tomorrow or not. I'd rather go and get something in my soul that I can keep sweeping victory in my life. Amen. 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 They want to get something that's workable. Get something that won't make you miserable. I mean, get something, amen, if you, if you lost the Spirit of God out of your life, let's get on down to bidding with God and let him give us a refreshing. Let him give us a refreshing. Go and come clean with God. So, Lord, I'm coming clean this morning. Think I'm going to quit playing. I'm coming clean this morning because I want to go to heaven. And I know I can't go if I don't go according to the Bible. So I'm coming clean this morning. I, I want to leave here with all my doubts eradicated. I want to leave here with a clear witness in my soul. I don't want to come to a situation every two or three days that I don't know whether I can make it or not. I don't want to be hitting concrete walls every few hours and bouncing back. I want something that will give me grace to tear down walls and jump over troops or whatever necessary. And God's got it. God's got it. God's got it. Amen. God's got it. Let's stay before him until we get a satisfying portion of it. Until we get a satisfying portion of it. That's what we need to do, dear one. You see that others could make it without it, so why do you think you're going to make it? You see what happened to others who sit around, dear one, and, let, and, and dry up and what their eventual end is. Well, that's going to be your predicament. That's going to be your plight. That will be your experience eventually. Running them is not easy. Well, we, in some instances it's not, but it's because of you. And it's not going to get easy by you hanging around letting the devil try to make you play a waiting game. Lord, I would be holy thine. I would do thy will divine. Over sin, sin and self, I would be free. On the altar now I lie, and with all my heart, let the holy fire heaven fall on me. Let the fire fall on me. Let the fire fall on me. The fire pentecost consuming sin and dross. Let the holy fire from heaven fall on me. In the kingdom I will stay there to labor night and day in way and anywhere thy will may be. And that I may do my best and that others may be blessed. Let the holy Heaven fall on you, brethren, all to work. Let the fire 
fall on me. That should be your desire. Let the fire fall on me. The fire of Pentecost consuming sin and dross. Let the holy heaven fall on me. Listen, I would have sufficient grace every foe to bravely face and an overcomer evermore to be. And that I uh, let the holy heaven fall on me. Uh, let the fire fall on me. Let the fire fall on me. Fire in a consuming sin. Let the holy well, then when you go let the fire of the Holy Ghost fall on you, or the fire of hell, you got a choice. You got a choice. You're going to let the holy fire of God fall and consume everything that's not like God, or the fire of hell. You got a choice. Give me that other verse. Spirit from above, fill my till the master's image of me may see. Make me meek. Let the holy heaven fall on me. Oh, let the fire fall on me. Let the fire fall on me. Fire. I would like to make one final appeal, if I may. Dear ones. Many of us have tried the road of sin and we found that everything sin seemed to offer us was a great big deception. A great big deception. Sin have deceived you. Don't be deceived any longer. It's got you in trouble. It's got you problems. It's messed you up. I know it has. I don't have to know you personally to know that. If you walked in sin, sin messed you up to whatever degree it messed you up and it's going to mess you up worse. If you have not gained anything to this point in sin, what do you expect to gain hereafter? The devil want to put you away for good, they want, and steal your soul for eternity, but you have a chance to escape this morning. You have a chance to escape this morning. I believe it's the goodness of God that called you to even be here today. And if he did that to you, then I believe he got a blessing for you. If you'll respond, if you're willing to respond, let's sing another verse, sister. I would do thy will divine. Sinners, I would be free. On the altar now I lie, and with all my let the holy fall on me. Oh, let the fire.